0: Audio. So there you have it. I guess we are sticking around a little bit longer. Matthew Kachuk and Sam Bennett will uh, head back to the locker room, take off their heavily soiled diapers after that little tantrum at the end of the game, and jump on a plane. The Leafs take this one two to one. Uh, are on the board in the series, down three to one. But uh, take it at home for Game 5 in Toronto in a performance that, honestly, they were pretty full value for. Uh, If you follow me on Twitter, if you've been interacting with us there, uh, you saw me in the first period say, and I stand by this, honestly, that they didn't look desperate at all. Like, they were playing fine, it was going okay, but this did not look like a team that felt like, oh my god, we better have the performance of a lifetime here. They just sort of were going back and forth with Florida and... Not a whole lot of urgency there, and that was alarming to me, but only in the sense that it was confirming what I think a lot of people had already decided after game three, which was, fuck it, we're done, these guys don't care, and we're out of here. Now, to be fair, all of the guys in the big four stepped up throughout the game and made different plays at different moments. All of them, like uh, I got Kevin Papetti's tweet here, uh, does a nice job covering the analytics around the Leafs if you're interested in following him. Uh, he talks about here, in terms of expected goals for, so just your standard XGF, William Nylander at 83%, that is elite, Austin Matthews at 74%, Mitch Marner at 69%, and John Tavares at 63%. So all the way 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 above average but as i said it just didn't look like in the first period that that was going to be the case the way they were uh they were coming out but they they got it going and uh and put in a nice performance mitch marner gets a goal william nylander gets a goal willie quite frankly in this game was a man possessed um did all the things in the defensive zone that you want to see him do i like i said i know he scored and um that was a little bit of a lucky one kind of took a crazy bounce and and you'll take it and and Willie makes the play to to finish it off but in terms of you know earned I don't know but I, I said it in the last round right who cares about earned in game two the Leafs hit four five posts and crossbars and none of those went for you so finally you get a bit of a bounce right whether you love the Leafs or hate the Leafs um this one was just one of those bounces that goes your way and they haven't had a lot of those in this series. So, uh kudos to Willie for that one and then Mitchie stays with it in the uh in the third period scores a nice goal uh with guys in front of the net, O'Reilly uh, making his presence felt right in front, uh Marner again um in the last minute of play, he's out there with Achari and with O'Reilly, you know, they're trusting him to to protect this one goal lead and he did it. It was fair value for it, right? Again, in the first, he was, uh, like, I wouldn't say most of the rest of the team looked nervous. I just think they didn't look very good, right, to start the game. Mitch, he still looked like, uh-oh, right? Like, there was a couple of iffy plays there early on, and you sort of felt like, oh, we're going to see a little bit more of what we saw in game three out of this guy. And to his credit, he turned it around. Bunch of hits. I think he had four hits in the game. Three shots on goal. Uh, like I said, a goal. Um, and yeah, like 69%, uh, XGF, which is, which is pretty elite for himself there too. So, um, you know, they live to fight another day. And if I'm being honest with you, I came into this game, ah, just whatever, right? Those of you who heard the post game show I posted after game three, which was only 53 seconds long, there was nothing to say. None of the top guys showed up. And once you're down three, nothing, you are almost certainly Toast, right? We're talking about 100 years of National Hockey League playoffs, and teams have only come back, what is it, four or five times? So there's a reason that this doesn't get done. And so coming into this game, my feelings were sort of like, "What, just, just go away. Like, I, I don't even want to be bothered with this because whether it happens tonight in four games or five or six, in all likelihood, like in the overwhelming likelihood, you're going down. And so based on what they had shown me in game three, I was ready for that to just happen. Like, just just go. Right. We're obviously going to be blowing this thing up and there's going to be moves and I don't, management and coaches and players. This whole thing is going to look different. So just get to it. Right. Like, don't drag this out any longer to their credit. It wasn't a a blowout, right? It's not like they exploded for huge offensive numbers. But all four of those guys showed up for game four. And I can only give them so much credit for that because that's the performance that it's supposed to take from your stars in the playoffs to keep moving on. You don't give them credit for showing up and being as good as they are. You notice when they show up and are invisible. So it's hard to give them credit because you're still down three to one now and it's look. Yeah. You got to win three in a row now, as opposed to winning four in a row um, from here. So yeah, it's a little less daunting now than it was, but it's still three, one. And in all likelihood, this still doesn't get done, but you have planted a seed of doubt. Now you are dragging Florida back to Toronto with you to play another one on Friday. And that's where the pressure points would start to turn, right? Is if you can win one at home and you go back to Florida, And now they're starting to feel it a little bit back on home ice, knowing that there's a game seven waiting if they don't get it done there. And that's where anything can happen. All the things that we talked about last round against Tampa, that Toronto badly, badly wanted to get that done in game six down there and not tempt fate with game seven when they had a 3-1 lead. Well, for now, that's where Florida could be if they don't win in Game 5 on Friday night in Toronto. So you've planted a seed of doubt. Uh, Joseph Wall, man, interesting guy to watch, eh? Like, I think he's 10-2-0 now, 10-2-1 in his NHL career. Had a very good AHL year before getting called up as well. Two years ago, you'd have called that guy a lost cause. He'd had some injuries, it just wasn't really working out, and the Leafs have had a bunch of these cases when it comes to young goalies. You're just like, ah, fuck, like they just sort of fall apart and you never hear from them again. And that's sort of where Joe Wall was two years ago. And then last year, he comes back and he has a pretty good year. He's fine. He had a little injury again. Um, But you're kind of like, all right, well, let's see where he goes. But he's turning 24, like he's starting to get up there a little bit. Goalies take a little longer, but you weren't ready to bank on him yet. And then this year, he's elite. In the AHL. I think he was undefeated when they called him up. Was it like 8-0-0 or something like that? And uh, yeah, he plays a bunch of games for the Leafs. He's incredible there as well. And so when you're watching him, he he looks remarkably calm. Right? Like one of the things that's different about him than a lot of goalies is just how still he is in the net. Right? His movements are smaller. Uh, He's not herky-jerky and all over the place. He's not leaping all over the place. He's just kind of there where he's supposed to be and he doesn't look rattled and he doesn't look spectacular, but it's because he doesn't have to be spectacular. So I don't know at this point how good Joseph Wall is going to be in the NHL. But right now, while you're trying to do this, as long as he's playing well, that's got to be reassuring to your guys, right? That he doesn't look rattled. He's not falling all over the place. He's just kind of back there doing his thing. And he makes you feel like, okay, things are under control, right? Things aren't on fire in our own end. He just kind of grabs it, squeezes it to the body, and and we'll get a whistle here. I like that right now while you're trying to climb out of this hole. I don't know how long it lasts. Uh, He's fairly unproven at this level still. But right now, it would be hard. Like, we don't know what Samsonov's condition is. If he's ready to go on Friday, are you going back to him? And you wonder, because he was already dealing with something, right? When he was getting up, people were commenting all the time on him looking sore and a little slow getting up sometimes. So he had that, and now he has this injury after the collision with Shen. Are you going back to him, or do you just kind of stick with Joseph Wall right now? And I know as fans, it's very easy for us to go, man, you, you ride the guy who just got us the win. And I think that's what they'll do. And I, look, we have no idea whether Samsonov's going to be ready or not. But I think that's what they'll do. But it's not that simple in the locker room, right? We talk about the injuries that Samsonov has clearly been playing through. He's done that for you, right? He's battled for you. He stayed in there when you badly needed him because you thought you had nobody else, right? Murray's been gone, and you don't even know how much you trust him when he's back. The guys appreciate that. Like, your teammates respect that, and the coaches respect that. And so if he's good to go, it's not as easy in the locker room to look at him and go, yeah, you sit there. uh, We're going with Joseph Wall, as it is for fans to do it. And I think at the end of the day, that's what they'll do because they got the win here. They know Wall is fresh and, um, you know, not nearly as beat up as Samsonov. And, um, you know, you've got a long road ahead of you here if you have any dreams at all of getting out of this. Uh, But it won't be easy. I, I do think, though, at this point, your life is on the line. You just have to make the best decision you can. But that will be uncomfortable in the locker room. Make no mistake about that. I do want to mention one other thing about Sheldon Keefe maybe before we wind this one down. And that is that he continues to panic, I think, at times. Like we saw all new lines and D pairings again. I think the D worked pretty well. But I think he has a tendency to show you when he's rattled. And I've mentioned this before. Uh, If you go back, even as far as the bubble, right, in 2020 against Columbus... And you are up against it. You're down and out, and you decide you're going to load up. They called it. They were calling it the super line or something. It was Matthews, Marner, and Tavares. They hadn't done it at all during the season. We hadn't seen it once. But hey, our backs against the wall. We're going to do this, and that pushes Willie into the middle. He hadn't played there all year, and it just throws everything out of whack. And you do it at the last minute, and it, it to me it says to your players holy shit, we're in trouble, like, we better do something crazy. Instead of just trusting the process, trusting the things that have gotten you there, Um, and we see that pretty often in the playoffs, right? Like, if things aren't going well, it's not just lines in a blender, it's everything, right? And it says to your guys, holy shit, here we go again, right? Like, he's we gotta change everything, nothing we're doing is working. Well, you were a 110-point team, or whatever they were this year. Something you do is correct. And so I do wonder about what impact that has mentally on your team and just on chemistry of your guys who are constantly being shuffled around all over the place. Um, I do think the D pairings worked better tonight. Uh, You know, seeing McCabe with Liljegren, you know, we've talked a little on here about McCabe and Brody, that 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 pairing has struggled a bit in this series after being fantastic in the Tampa series, but it doesn't really have a puck transporter, right? They're both very good defensively, both good in their own end, Uh, although McCabe again has has struggled at times in this series like I said, but it doesn't have the guy who's going to rush it out, right? They're both competent skating with the puck, but they're supposed to be the responsible guy and they're supposed to be someone who can skate over on the other side. So when you do it this way you go with seven defense again but it has Brody with uh, Hall a lot of the time and then McCabe with Liljagren, and then you have Giordano there as well to, you know, slot in to defensive zone, face-offs, penalty kill, things like that. You know, Justin Hall is a little bit better at carrying the puck out. I know not fantastic all the time. Liljagren, definitely better. Um, so it, it helps those guys out. It doesn't give you that one shutdown pair you're looking for, but it wasn't really shutting anyone down anyway in this series. So maybe you just move away from it try to take a slightly different approach. And I thought this was a nice game for Lilligren, right? He struggled a little early on, I thought, maybe looked a little bit nervous, but got his feet underneath him, contributed on that second goal for Toronto, um, made a nice play late in the third period, basically just out battling Matthew Kachuk, which is no easily uh, no easy task right there beside the net. Uh, so nice game for him. And so I think the pairings work. but again, to go back to Keefe, after Florida scores to make it 2-1. He calls the timeout. And I said on Twitter at Audio, if you want to follow us there, sometimes when you call a timeout to settle things down or to calm things down, all you're doing is reminding your players or reinforcing to your players that there's a reason not to be calm right now. They were playing really well at that point. And you give up a goal against. um, You knew it was coming. Like, Florida's a good team. Like, they're going to score as well. Maybe you didn't need to do that, right? Like maybe you're telling the guys, okay, 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 everybody settle down. And you're kind of like, we're good coach. Like you're the only one kind of rattled back there. Now the counter argument is pretty obvious. If he doesn't call the timeout and Florida does end up coming right back down and scoring, someone's going to say you should have called a timeout. And I, I get that, but the Leafs were playing really well in the third period. They didn't look rattled. It's not like they'd given up two or three and had a bunch of glorious chances against I didn't think the time it was necessary. And like I said, sometimes when you do that, you give your guys time to stop playing and they stand around and go, holy shit, we're in this situation again, here it comes. And that can be just as dangerous. So there's little things Keith is doing in these playoffs that I just, I haven't loved. Right. And so, you know, that's going to be something that gets addressed when this series does end one way or another. I'm pretty sure Keith ain't coming back. Um, you know, I, I I think you can make a pretty a pretty compelling argument that he's been outcoached in in both series, and he's just his moves are too I don't know too erratic for a team that appears to need calm and stability. Right? I, I don't like all the juggling and the shuffling and all these sorts of things. So, just something to keep an eye on as we move forward for uh, game five on uh, on Friday night in Toronto. You've taken the first step. We'll see what's going to happen next. I think that's it for this one. They showed a little something tonight to stay alive. We'll see if they can ramp it up because, uh, honestly, at times, it sort of also looked like Florida might have been sleeping through this one a little bit too. So, uh, it, hard to match urgency, right? One team's back is against the wall and their season's on the line. The other team knows they got a couple cracks at this. So, I think at times, Florida didn't necessarily have the uh, the urgency that they needed in this one uh, until the muggings that they tried to commit at the 60-minute uh, mark. So, That'll be it. Thank you so much for listening. My name's Matt Robinson. We'll see you Friday night.